Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and business people that are out there making it happen. Today, we have David Hensel, the founder of UpCoach, on the show, and we talk about coaching the coaches, masterminds, all sorts of amazing conversation happened here. But David is an entrepreneur that's been on the journey for over 20 years. He was uh, from Germany, moved to the United States and now he resides down the coast in Turkey. So he's built some incredible businesses, been involved in a lot of different businesses and we talk about all of those throughout this episode. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode with David Hensel. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, people that are out there making it happen to extract a bit of wisdom and learn about what it takes to have the success to be a high-level successful entrepreneur. We're here today with a friend of mine called David Hensel, who's an entrepreneur that's been in, I guess, the entrepreneurial space for over 20 years. He resides in LA. Uh, He's been featured in many publications, Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, Fast Company. He's the CEO of a business called UpCoach and is an investor um, and owner of many, many, many businesses. And he focuses on helping individuals and organizations fulfill their potential. So welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Craig. No worries. And look, I always like to invite the guests to fill out. I just provided a bit of a macro overview of your background. I'd love to uh, for you to share a bit more about your journey and um, some insights to what it's taken to get to where you are today. Sure. So um, let me start. At the very beginning, I um, went to 14 different schools. I always had trouble fitting in, you know, the, the square peg in the round hole type of thing. And at and a friend of mine reached out to me and said, like, hey, man, let's, let's start a business together. You're good with computers. Let's do something, you know. And, and um, I'm very happy that he did this because finding entrepreneurship was like the oh, moment for me. Okay, this was like really the, I, I found my thing. I found my groove. And, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of businesses already. And uh, in, in, so, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Germany. I was always an entrepreneur. I had um, a bunch of businesses in Germany. The last one was an e-commerce business, but I always had the dream to go to the United States and have a business there because back then in the early 2000s, there was no startup scene in Germany whatsoever. And um, so I sold my business in Germany, which gave me the money to get my investor visa in the United States. And then I went over there and... Uh, want to start a business and looked around what kind of opportunities were there. And friends of mine just sold, sold their hosting company and they're about to start a content delivery network. And I co-founded this business, which was Max CDN, um, which we sold four years ago, five years ago. We had a really nice exit. Um, and my, my wife wanted to move back to Germany. Uh, after the sale, she wanted to be closer to family and um, uh, to be a little more, more, more personal to go deep. My, uh, my mother passed away seven years ago and she, uh, my wife and her were like really best friends and this hit my wife really hard. And so she wants to be closer to family and, um, want to go back to Germany, but 
uh, I just couldn't go back to German weather conditions. So we um, bought a place in Turkey, which is you know close to close to Germany, uh, good good flight connections, and so we spent most of the year uh, in Turkey these days, especially with what's going on in in America right now with COVID. We feel you know much much safer here, and um, so after the sale, I initially thought actually my, my wife also went through breast cancer around the same time knock on wood she's she's doing great today and this was like a big wake-up moment for me where i reevaluated what i really want out of life you know kind of imagining me laying on my deathbed looking back at my life thinking did i really do what i was supposed to do did i have the impact i want to have and um doing this i realized that Maxian was cool and all, but it was not really checking all the boxes in terms of what I want to do. I want to have more impact. And so um, I thought long and hard about what I, what I can do to have more impact. And originally I started a, a course called Managing Happiness, where you apply business principles to family life. My wife and I figured this out, you know, because I'm a business nerd and this doing this just worked really well for us. Um, and, you know, kind of having regular meetings together, having family core values, writing down your um, your roles and responsibilities in the household took away 80% of all the friction we ever had. And so I put out this course and it um, worked well, but it was too much of a, like I felt like a family therapist and I'm a business guy. So this was not really, really my jam. Um, and so I started to consult and mentor a few businesses. And then I started LTV Plus, which is a, um, a like a modern business process outsourcing business where you can get live chat agents, support agents, etc. And um, then my old business partner at uh, MaxDN, he started a business called Task Drive, which is lead research if you do cold outbound. Um, and he wanted to get rid of this business, and it was very similar to the business that I already had, the people business, you know, broadcast service. So I bought Task Drive. Um, and we're, we're running, running these two businesses. Then I also started uh, Shortlist, Shortlist.io, which I co-founded and invested in, which is a SEO company. We build leads in a digital marketing agency. Um, so, and this, I don't want to bore you with, with all the other businesses, but uh, so I um, invested and started a few more businesses and kind of coming back to my, my personal purpose or vision of what I really want to do with my life. Um, I revisited managing happiness and took out the family part of it and turned it into a course where people figure out their personal mission, their vision, their core values, their, their 90 day, one year and three year plan, kind of the same thing you do in your business, but for yourself. Um, initially I did this with the people who uh, are leading my businesses to make sure they're on the A game. Also habits, it's, it's another key component to figure out which habits do you need to achieve what you want to achieve. I'm a firm believer that habits determine pretty much everything in your life. If you're rich or poor, happy or unhappy, in shape or obese, it all boils down to which habits you cultivate in your life. Mm. So, and so I, I put together a course um, in, in this manner, kind of reusing original managing happiness stuff. And there was another problem with managing happiness, which was people bought my course and only 7% of the people who bought the course completed the course. And this really bugged me. You know, if I would just be after the money, then, you know, fine, they paid whatever. But I, this is my passion project and I really wanted people to learn this and understand this. Um, so I thought, how can I do this in a better way to get this information to people's heads? And I started group coaching, you know, kind of same content, 
I broke it down into eight eight weeks and we meet one hour a week with some homework and um, this worked phenomenally. It turned from a 7% um, completion rate to a 94% completion rate, so a complete flip and I really saw massive results in, in people's lives. And then we used Google Docs and Trello and like kind of a mix of, of tools and it was kind of hard to keep keep track of everything and a lot of work for me in the back end. And then I asked um, the CTO of another business of mine, which is 50sas.com, where we build SaaS businesses. Um, I, he also took the course and he loved it and he was very fired up to build some tech around this. So we built it initially for ourselves and then I reached out to a good friend of mine, uh, Todd Herman, who's a very well-known coach in the States. He's the author of The Auto Ego Effect. And I asked him, like, hey man, we built this thing. I'm not a coach. Could you give me some feedback on like what, you know, if this is good or not? And he's like, it's amazing what you've built. I want to invest into your company. Let's, and I want to be part of it. Let's blow this up. And so we took the tech that we had in managing happiness and, um, you know, pulled it out there and uh, bought the domain upcoach.com. And yeah, that, this is what my main focus is right now. Right. Well, what a uh, interesting and fascinating journey. And, and there's a lot of crossover, like uh, where I've just recently been introduced by uh, someone online, um, but there is a lot of crossover in, you know, my values and what I try and teach people as well. Um, you know, I have a work-life vision book and it's goals, habits driven, um, you know, 90 day cycles. Um, I've just started doing some, um, one hour a week sessions with group, you know, a group of people and that as well. So there is a lot of, um, synergies in the way we think, I guess. Um, so I did want to ask you a bit about up coach and I think you sort of answered the question but I really wanted to get your insights into being um, having a coaching business and I feel that you have probably led to the group um, the group weekly catch-up has been a pretty powerful part of that is there anything else that you would say is pretty fundamentally important in having a coaching business like this I think the the main aha moment I had when uh, I started doing this group ca- uh, coaching is the power of positive peer pressure and the accountability that comes from this. You know, like if you if you uh, bring a bunch of people together and they work on the same thing and people you know have homework, you know, you don't want to be the person who doesn't do the homework. You know, you don't want to be the person who's late for the meeting. You don't want to be the person who's not ticking off their habits because in UpCoach, everything's transparent. You see your to-dos, but others to-dos. You see your habits and other, others' habits. You know, so it's like very easy for the coach to also check in with people that are may be falling off the, the wagon. Um, so this, like, this, this positive peer pressure was like the biggest aha moment for me. That's, um, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as you're just saying that, I'm just uh, relating to a conversation I often have when I am coaching people. In 2018, I partnered up with a handful of entrepreneurs. We all had our own businesses and we just caught up at eight o'clock every Monday and we had to go through our 10 habits that we uh, had set ourselves to do for the week. And every week, uh, one of mine was actually I had to go and uh, meet seven new people that I hadn't spoken to before and have meaningful conversations. So I had to take um, the 
you know, that social networking into a conversation. So that was my main task to help go out there and grow the business. And that doesn't sound like a lot of people, but when you're, you don't know who they are. Like, every week. Every week. It's uh, quite a challenge. And some weeks I really struggled to get to seven, but, you know, it was always driving to make sure that I, you know, was working towards pushing to meet new people. So certainly can relate to how important that would be. Um, just that another part of the story I picked up with your along your journey you've come across lots of people that have opened doors for you and you've networked with and you've gone back to and you've reached out to how important do you see networks relationships connections and how that they can help each other it's everything it's absolutely everything um I'm I always play the long game you know, I always see like, and also one of my core values is to enrich the lives of every person that I come in touch with, you know, so I always kind of figure out like, how can I provide this person I'm meeting here the most value? And this doesn't mean that, you know, I get something back immediately or ever. It's just like kind of putting it out there and kind of doing this over and over and over. And this just has led to everything that I have, you know, kind of like all my businesses are running, are run by business partners or very capable GMs. And this is all like a referral and relationship game that they're happy to, to work with me on, on these things. And um, also kind of after I s starting a new business, for example, if I put something out there, it's like, hey guys, we have this new, new thing going. Somebody wants to test it or somebody wants to use it or somebody knows somebody who wants to um, become a customer who could be a good fit. It's the majority of my business is driven by, by relationships. You know, relationships are everything. And I actually used to be very introverted. I'm a recovering introvert. <laughs> As a, when I moved to the US, I realized how much um, this introvertness is holding me back in business and in life. And I really want to fix it. So I went to Toastmasters. Uh, it's probably in Australia as well. It's like where you learn how to yeah, pub no. public speak. Like, um, so I went to two uh, meetings per week to Toastmasters. And I went to two networking events in Los Angeles per week and just like talked to everybody and their mom uh, until I kind of overcame this, this anxiety and fear. Um, this is like exposure therapy. And then, but the real click of switch of a flip in my head was when my yoga teacher said every decision in life, you either make it out of love or out of fear. And I kind of always knew this deep down inside, but it was not really present in my, in my mind. And now if I, if I sell something or if I meet somebody new before or speaking on stage, I would have preferred to shoot myself in the face versus speaking on stage or being on the podcast would have been, you know, would, would not be possible because I always made about me and was full of fear. Like, do people think I have a weird German accent? Do people think I look weird? Do people think what I'm saying is stupid, et cetera, et cetera, versus thinking about uh, acting out of love and thinking like, okay, what I have to say here can potentially help these people in the audience, you know, and then it's just like becomes completely different than I can deliver a presentation or I can sell something. I used to hate sales with a passion because I always thought like it's like used car salesman, like pushy, like, no, I don't want to do it. Maybe consultative, but, but no, but now if I know that, okay, this product here is a really good product and I know this can help you, I can be even a pushy salesman. It's like, Hey, Craig, come on, man, buy this. It's going to be really good for you. And you will feel where I'm coming from, you know, that I'm, I'm actually have your best interest at heart versus just like, you know, shoving something down your throat because I'm acting out of fear because I want to hit my numbers or I want to pay my mortgage or whatever, right? So it's like kind of my turn into my mantra yeah, to do everything I do, do it out of love versus fear. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally, totally understand. And you, I always talk to people about challenge adversity, and it's not a matter of if you'll be challenged in life, it's a matter of when and how often. Um, what are some of the main challenges that you would say have, you know, been, I guess, challenges in your business or career, like your wife had health challenges, your mum passed away, that was challenging time, um, raising funds for new business or finding investors couldn't be a challenge, um, What uh, public speaking and that challenge you just des- described there was certainly one too, is um, do you just, how do you deal with challenges typically? So um, I can tell you a story about the most challenging times of my life um, where uh, my, uh, our daughter was born, which, is, which was awesome. I don't know if you have, have kids, but you know, like, uh, it's, it's, like, it, it's super awesome, but it also completely screws you over in terms of you don't sleep, your complete rhythm is, is, is screwed. So it was you know, a tough one, but, but, but also great. But um, two weeks after my daughter was born, my mom passed away which really sucked. Um, and then my wife had very severe abdominal pains and nobody knew where they're coming from after giving birth. And she was like on a ton of painkillers and nothing helped. And um, so she had two surgeries to get this fixed. And um, once this was fixed, a week later, two weeks later, my grandma passed away and we were also very close. So it was like kind of like this, this storm in, in, in my life. And on top of this, business was going phenomenally well. So it was like a very, very busy, you know, and um, kind of juggling all this uh, and uh, an employee of mine, a good friend came to me and said like, Hey man, I want to ask you something. How can you be productive at work, run around with a smile on your face with so much shit going on in your life? Like what's, what's your secret? And I said like, I, I have no, no idea. And he said like, please think about it. I'd really like to know. And I sat down and thought about it. And um, I think it's, it's two things that allowed me to, to do this. One is, um, being very good at accepting things, you know, kind of like the serenity prayer, give me the power to accept things I cannot change, um, the power to change things that I can change and the wisdom to know which, which one's which, I kind of butchered it, but it's kind of the, the essence of it. So very good at ex- accepting things. If you, once you accept something, then you can act, otherwise you just react. So I think that that's, uh, you know, key thing if somebody passes away, it's, it is what it is, like nothing. Really nothing, nothing you can do. Also, my, my dad passed away when I was 12 and it was also a similar thing. I just accepted it back then. So I was always good at accepting. And the second thing is um, gratitude. I have this rock that I always carry in my pocket, you know, gratitude rock. And every morning I go through the things I'm grateful for. Um, you know, my healthy body, my daughter, my, uh, my wife, business friends, long list. And by doing this, I always put myself into an all is well state of mind. And um, because often we, especially as entrepreneurs, we always have to deal with, with, with drama because if everything's going smooth, nobody bothers you in, in, the, in the business. But if like something's boiling up, you have to kind of jump in. So, um, and we often just focus on these, um, the, these negative things and we completely forget how much beauty we have in our lives. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's has been very impactful for me to just do this on, on a regular basis. Also having this habit that I do this every morning, you know, kind of building up my, my gratitude muscle. I think that's the thing that helped me to, to go through these tough times. Oh, and another habit I have to be on a positive mental state is the Maui habit from BJ Fogg. I don't know if you read Tiny Habits. Yeah. And he also has a TED talk. The idea is that every morning when you stand up, the first thing you tell yourself, today is going to be an awesome day. 
it sounds like right. so silly and stupid, but it's, it's really impactful. So, you know, everybody in the audience, um, even if you think I'm an idiot for saying this, but test it out, do it for a week and see how different your days are. If you get up in the morning, it's like, today's going to be awesome. Yeah, now that's um, really good. Um, uh, good tips and that and gratitude um, is such an empowering thing that you can do really. Um, I often talk to people about, you know, empowerment via love and gratitude versus fear and hate is, you know, they're just two totally different sets of energies and I can see how that works. What about... Um, you are working towards helping people and organizations reach their full potential. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things that you would be working on with people to help them get to that level? So I'm a, I'm a big organizational development nerd. You know, this is why I, um, I, do you know the book Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business by Gina Wickman? No. You know, it's, it's, it's the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. So basically kind of figuring out your mission, vision, values, your scorecards, what you measure in the business. If you have the right people in the right seats, um, you know, kind of scoring them. If GWC them, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capability to do it? And it's like a, f a few other things like uh, it's, if I would have had, or if we would have had this framework at Max CDN back in the days, so we would have probably sold for 10x the valuation that we sold. And we sold for a very nice, nice amount of money. And also I would not have the gray hair in my beard because it's just, you know, just like <laughs> so much stress, stress away by having something like this implemented. So um, this is what I do with all my businesses. I help them, help them to implement these frameworks. And another important thing is having like, you know, as you already mentioned, like 90 day plan, kind of what do I really want to achieve in the next 90 days? And, having the right KPIs to measure, what you measure will improve, simple business 101. And um, I'm also applying the same thing to people. This is why in the Managing Happiness course, people figure out their personal mission, their vision, their 90-day goals, their 10-year goals, and et cetera. And um, so this is my, my way of um, doing this. And then with UpCoach, I think this is like amplifying it again to um, that even more people will, uh, you know, thousands of coaches will help millions of people to reach their, their full potential. It's like another way of uh, um, living out my, my personal mission. Yeah. And how, what about um, passion and purpose? Like if you were, had an individual that you were coaching, uh, do you have any tips on helping people identify their passion and purpose? So in terms of what, what to do is like, you can always kind of look at your day and or, or tasks or stuff that you work on. And whenever you lose the track of time, you know, then and you get into the flow state, this is probably something that you should do more of. This is kind of where, where your passion lies. And then in terms of um, your, your vision, um, the funeral exercise from uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think this is very appropriate where you imagine yourself being dead in the casket and then there's a eulogy and people that are important in your life coming up and giving a speech like your, your kids, your wife, business partner, somebody from the community, et cetera. And what would be the ideal thing that these people say about you? And, um, or another thing could be that you... It's your, if you don't like the morbid idea of thinking about your death, even though I think it's a really good thing to think about our deaths, that this is coming up, it's inevitable, it's going to happen and can, it can give you a lot of energy to do the stuff that, that, that matters and not just waste time on the watching TV. Um, you could write um, the 
birthday speech that somebody gives you on your 100th birthday or like a news article that is written in like New York Times or whatever, wherever you want to be featured about your life. And then once you, uh, it's also seven habits of highly effective people, begin with the end in mind. With every project, you should do this, but then also with your life, kind of begin with the end in mind. Like what is the ideal end state? And then you kind of can work backwards on what you have to do to achieve this. Mm. And um, you mentioned you're living in Turkey, uh, well, you're spending a lot of time in Turkey now, um, and you know there's a lot of issues happening on around the world, uncertain times everywhere. Um, what do you see, and how do you see the current uncertainty with what's happening impact business um, in a good and a bad way? I think it's it's surfboards and waves, right? If you're if at the beach where you are, if there is no waves, then take your board and go somewhere else and find find another wave to surf. You know, it's just like you have to be on your feet. And if you if you're static and you don't want to change, then you will you will die. But if you if you grow and you adapt, then there's you know there's there's always opportunity. And also, if you if you look at the world with uh, a lens of abundance that there's always stuff that you can do versus with the lens of like scarcity you know think, okay there's there's you know we can we can shift the business around we can do something else we can provide value to people in, in another another shape or form and i think there's there's always enough opportunity that you can can rock even in uh, in crazy days like this you know for example just if you provide a service don't focus on the uh travel industry or in the 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 hotel industry right now just like shift your focus to businesses who are thriving in this in this climate you know or even if you um a friend of mine he's he's a business coach i just have him on my podcast and he talked about one client of his who is in the travel booking industry and the, the industry is completely dead right there's nothing going on um but they found a way to completely crush it and sell way more than they ever did um and they what they did is they just looked at what's still working and um, saw that people are still opening up their newsletters, they were still interested, and they started to sell um, trips for next year. So people have something to look forward to, and this just like worked like crazy, you know. So there's always a way how you can can make it work if you have this mindset of yeah. abundance. Yeah, and you're, um, uh, you mentioned you're in the digital marketing space as well. Uh, do you have any like real secrets to building a digital marketing business? Is there something that people should be doing to do that? A, a lot, if, if you want to be more, more specific, kind of what, what type of business or in... in... Um, I, I guess, um, yeah, you've, you've built lots of businesses, I guess. Um, is there a common thread? Um, you know, if they're all in different niches, they may not be, but um, you're into the whole online coaching space. If you were looking to get customers to be a part of your online coaching group, is there a, a strategy or something that you would utilize to do that? to get more customers i mean one thing is always be be product driven kind of just always kind of build a really good product and um have delight your customers turn your customers into advocates you know so i'm a big big fan of getting your customers to the point that they actually refer you business over and you can do this in, in multiple ways like a of course you have to deliver an excellent service Secondly, you have to give them triggers on reasons why they talk about you. For example, if um, you know, 
it's deep down ingrained into people that you like to give good recommendations to others because you know if i tell you in the stone age times like hey man eat these berries they're yummy don't eat these they make you sick then i raise in the, the social value of, of yeah. and so it's deeply ingrained that we want to do this and um we like to talk about good stuff but we need a trigger to talk about this so do you know the Livestrong foundation oh yeah that was the cancer they blew up like crazy because everybody who gave a donation got a, a yellow rubber wristband and so other people asked like hey man, what's what's this wristband thing about and then you have the opportunity to talk about something that's that's good right so for for managing happiness we just found something um where we're printing bracelets with a it's like it's like on a ring and you can print a message on there it's going to be love not fear because there's something you know my mantra that i want to get into every, everybody person's head um and then we send it out to everybody who participates and then they potentially wear it because they're like then they want to remind remind themselves of of um the mantra they want to stick to um it works with everything if you're a health coach then like think about healthy habits or whatever and then other people may ask like hey what's this thing and then they have the opportunity to talk about the coach or magic habits or whatever so and that's you know that's the most powerful recommendation is a word of mouth recommendation like beats any ad that you could ever ever run hmm. very good uh insight i always talk to people i built i had five fitness clubs at one stage and um you know it was a business built on referrals but i had you know i was proactively generating referrals not just waiting for referrals to come and that example there of the wristband is that you're proactively trying to generate the a, a referral scenario um at the end of every episode i always ask a handful of questions and some of these questions that, that may not necessarily be quick answers um but i call them rapid fire questions uh you have mentioned a couple of books is there some books uh, that you would say are just absolutely life-changing? You have to read them. Um, yes. And I, I get the feeling that you've got a big array of books that you've gone through. So share a few and why, that, why people should read them. Sure. Actually, I, it's an awesome question. I always ask people, um, especially when I hire them, what are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life and what's the last book that you've read? A, because I always want new book recommendations and B, I want to see if this person's in a growth mindset. And if they're not reading, if they're not educating themselves, then he's just, doesn't have a fit in my, my companies, you know? So, um, as I mentioned, traction before traction from Gina Wickman, get a grip on your business. Isn't if you, if you're building businesses at scale, when you have, you know, more staff, then this is like an absolute must, must, must read, um, on a personal side, the four agreements, uh, is, is a book that had a really big impact on, on me. It's the agreements that you make with yourself. And since you said it's rapid fire questions, but I can, can talk a little longer. Yeah. Guess, right? yeah. yeah. It, it starts out with a, so it's about the agreements that you make with yourself. You know, for example, if somebody makes an agreement with themselves, like, oh, I'm not good at math or I can't do this. You know, it's a self-limiting belief. And we, a lot of people make a lot of self-limiting beliefs. So, and um, often they're like pushed onto you by, by your upbringing by, or by, by somebody else, for example. If um, the, story, the book starts with a woman who comes home, she has a crazy migraine, had a terrible day at work and her daughter's jumping on the sofa and singing. And the singing, the jumping makes her head explode. And she says like, stop jumping. Nobody wants to hear you sing, you have a terrible voice. 
she loses her cool basically and the kid makes this agreement with herself that she has a terrible voice she has a hard time speaking up for for the rest of her life and she'll never sing and blah and um so we should look in ourselves like what are these self-limiting things that we have made up and the other thing is like if you um have any conflicting agreements with let's say you want to be the world's best entrepreneur but also the world's best dad like you know could, could be a problem or you know, I want to have the perfect relationship with my wife and I want to have sex with every attractive woman that I see. It's like probably won't fly. So if you have to kind of mm -hmm. come to grips with this, which agreement did you make? And otherwise you have this crosstalk in your mind and it's hard to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a very quick read. I read it like every six months or so. I usually listen to audiobooks at uh, 2x speed, you know, while, while mm -hmm. working out. Works works well for me. Yeah. Um, uh, so I can highly recommend this book. It's just like two and a half hours long. So um, check it out. Then um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Have you read any Napoleon Hill books? Uh, yeah, I have. I think in Grow Rich, um, but I haven't. I haven't. I actually got that book, uh, Outwitting the Devil, but I never ended up reading it. So um... it's, it's 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 really awesome. It's uh, basically Napoleon Hill has a conversation with the devil, and he's asking the devil, "What does the devil do to make us not reach our goals?" And it's it's really a really fascinating book and to kind of spoiler spoiler alert the key tool of the devil is fear that he instills in us you know like fear of not asking for the promotion fear of not not asking the girl out fear of not starting the business fear 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 you know it's like this is what what's holding us back and the surrender experiment by mike singer is also an amazing book if you haven't read it it's like he uh it's uh it's the he all you want to do was meditate in the woods and do nothing Right? It's like total hippie, long hairs, and um, he wanted to shut up the negative voice in his mind. So, and um, he built this this hut in the woods, or like this house in the woods. Out of, um, and somebody came by and said, "Like, hey man, this looks awesome. Could you build this for me, one for me as well?" And this was like the last thing he wanted to ever do because he just wanted to be by himself. But the voice was like so hard on him. He said, "Okay, I have to fight the voice," and and, and he did it. And this turned into a pretty big construction company. Then he bought a computer and uh, started programming and, and one thing led to another to, and he ended up with a $300 million business. It's, it's a true story actually, you know, and uh, right. still running around with his long hair and, and his sandals and, and meditating and flying in private jets. Uh, it's, it's a really fascinating story how you can surrender the things that are coming to you and you don't really know if they're good or bad in the long run, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not a really fascinating book recommend i yep. could go on i have like a super long list of yeah. <laughs> and what about podcasts or other forms of content audible books uh, uh youtube shows is there anything else that you would consume um i like blinkist by the way if, if, mm. if you know blinkist is like basically a short, um summarized books you know often when i want to nerd out on a topic i want to dig into something let's say how to do proper KPI reporting or dashboards or whatever. Then I just like Blinkist the the three top books in in, in this on this topic to kind of give me a, a good overview, and then I um, get the one that I like best and and listen to it, the full version. Um, in terms of podcasts, I enjoy the podcast of a buddy of mine, uh, two friends of mine actually. One is Nathan Latka. He just um, it's called the Top. We interviews founders um, on metrics and numbers and and what what the, what they're doing it's like pretty quick rapid fire show and then another buddy of mine dan martell he runs the SaaS academy um and he has his podcast name is called 
um, Escape Velocity podcast. It's also really, really good, good content. Cool. What about the best bit of advice you've ever received? Could come from even childhood or anywhere. As I mentioned before, probably make decisions out of love, not fear. You know, it's like this was like the, the killer thing that really changed my life. What about on the flip side, the worst bit of advice you've ever received? I can't think of anything other than just bad restaurant and movie recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about this. Maybe it comes to me, but I can't think of, think of anything. Um, what about you did mention a bit about goals, habits, you know, 90-day cycles. You sound very much in tune with good plans and following plans. What about your next three to five years? Is it another exit? Is it to, um, yeah, share a bit about that. So I want something I'm, I'm really passionate about is providing people a great place to work um, with, a, with a great culture and, and, and a great, great pay. Um, this is why I have these productized, biz, productized businesses um, um, in the test drive, L3 Plus and Shortlist. Uh, and my goal is it's pretty lofty. I want to get to 10,000 employees. Um, we're, we're only at 200 right now, but we're, we're, we're growing pretty, pretty rapidly. But this is something that you know, makes me just feel, feel good about myself. If I know like, okay, I just put food on lots of people's tables while working in, in there good environment. There's also another book that I can highly recommend is Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey, by the founder of uh, Whole Foods. And the, the old idea of doing business is you have to increase shareholders' value. That's everything that matters. And the new idea of doing business in this conscious capitalism way is um, you have to take care of all stakeholders, not just, all, not, not just the shareholders, but all stakeholders. And stakeholders are of course, the owners of the business, but employees, suppliers, um, customers, the community, the planet, etc. So basically, and if you keep this all in mind, um, he makes this statement that these businesses are actually also financially more successful than, than the, the businesses who only focus on increasing shareholders' value. And what about uh, the best uh, place you've ever been to, um, you know, for, from an experience? Holiday, you know, could be Bora Bora, could be where, wherever. Been to Bora Bora. We did our honeymoon in, in French Polynesia a long time ago, like 20, 18 years ago, together with my wife for a long time. By the way, sorry for the barking in the background. We have eight dogs. Right. My wife loves dogs. It's really hard to say because I've been, I used, before COVID, I used to travel at least one week out of the month. You know, I've been always, always on the road. Um, and I really love Los Angeles li living there. When you go there as a tourist, it's, it can be not that cool. But if you know your way around, it's, it's really awesome. I, I love New York and kind of the standard things um, for the hustle and bustle. I also really enjoyed Australia. I've been, 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 been traveling really a lot. What was the last thing that was really, I went to Saigon and I was really impressed by by Saigon. Was, I had a really, really amazing time in Saigon. A friend of mine runs an outsourcing business there and he was having a conference and I was a guest there. And this was something that was like uh, m much cooler than, than expected. And also Thai, Taipei in, in Taiwan was also really, really cool. Wow. Yeah, I've been to 120 different cities around the world, but I haven't been to Saigon, so I have to put it on the list. Yes, put it on the list. It's, it's really awesome. Cool. And what about where do people find you? Uh, a bit of a time for you to sell your, you know, how to connect, emails, websites, LinkedIn profiles. Go for it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, on the usual social, social reps, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, search for David Hensel. Um, I, I should pop up. 
um, out of my, my personal website, davidhensel.com. I used to blog there, but I'm, I've been too, too busy lately. Then uh, upcoach.com, I guess the best way of reaching me by email is dh at upcoach.com. Yeah. This cool. way you can find me. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a very, uh, I love people of networking. So if there's something interesting you want to chat with me about, just hit me up, you know, happy to hear from you. Lovely. Uh, and for me, uh, it's been quite a fascinating conversation. I'm looking forward to following your journey a bit more because, uh, you know, I can see a lot of crossovers between my journey and what you're doing, which is one reason I was excited to have you as a guest on the show because, you know, you've added a lot of value here. So from me, I'd like to uh, thank you for jumping on. Thank you very much for, for having me. Really enjoyed our conversation. Well, I hope you got a lot of value out of that episode. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with David. Uh, a lot of knowledge and wealth of uh, content, and he shared some great insights and great takeaways and tips to you. So if you got value out of the episode, make sure that you share it, you give us a review. It really does help for us to secure more high-quality guests like David. If you haven't got a copy of my book, head across to my website at craigschultz.com and get a copy of you've got one shot which is the inspiration behind this entire one shot movement at the end of every episode i always say to people you've got one shot at life go out there and give it your best shot whatever that is for you Uh, my name's craig schultz and i'm the host of the one shot movement podcast